1: And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program
2: Microphone Bob Barker. It's very
1: Bob Barker. I love it. It's like I'm sorry, Susie. The living room set went for four hundred and fifty-five dollars.
2: Because I have to look at it. I can't look at my (laughs) phone.
1: It's okay if you can't make eye contact. It's fine. I get it. It's giving
2: me a case of giggles. Good times. Okay. Well,
1: guys, welcome back to Old Hollywood Realness. Welcome back. Um, This is the podcast dedicated to all things glamour coming out of our good friends in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, I'm Philip Estrada.
2: I'm Kathleen Null.
1: And. And we're gonna hit the road in a vaudeville singing act.
2: Yes, we are. <laughs> oh, oh, because delicious. the
1: movie we did, we're we watched this week is Footlight Parade. Oh,
2: we're so excited Ugh. about this movie. This one is amazing. Uh, we thought we'd take a break from all the Technicolor with a little bit of black and white realness and a little oh. bit of pre-haze code, mm-hmm. a Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. a little James Cagney. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. So good. Oh my God. So. And Busby Berkeley choreography. That's <laughs>
1: right. This is our first Busby Berkeley movie. It's first, really exciting. First, Lots
2: of firsts with this one. First black and white movie, first Busby Berkeley. That's first, about it.
1: would be whoa. our first musical. No, covered those. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: It's first James Cagney.
2: <laughs> first pre Haze Code. Pre Haze Code true. movie. Yep. This is so, the oldest movie.
1: So, this is the oldest movie we've, mm-hmm. we've reviewed. That's 1933.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Like you said, Warner Brothers. Um, directed by Lloyd Bacon, um, and numbers directed by um, Busby Berkeley. So this is yeah. this is it's got it all. Um, uh, super awesome. So uh, Chester Kent is the main guy, and he's played by uh, James Cagney. And yep. his his uh, his devoted secretary Nan is played by um, Joan Blondell, who's hilarious in this movie. Yep, uh, she's oh, so funny. Uh, oh can I God. say
2: first uh, for actually. John Blondell is my spirit animal. Um, (laughs) But also, I forgot, we almost forgot to talk about the costume designer. Oh, great, Um, yeah. Because I think it's pretty, I mean, he's actually pretty important because he was, like, the main costume designer for 20 years at Warner Brothers.
1: Milo Anderson? Yep. Milo Anderson was
2: the man. Like, if you look up his IMBD, it's just, that list keeps going and going and going. Wow.
1: That's really cool. Yeah.
2: He was there, like, almost 20 years. And he did all of the good movies with like the dudes and the dames. He did all the stuff with Errol <laughs> Flynn, uh, like oh, Captain yeah, Blood, right. The Adventures of Robin Hood with gorgeous Olivia de Havilland. And why people do not cosplay her at the Ren Fair? I don't know. She looks gorgeous. <laughs> um, he did Mildred Pierce, which I know you love. I and, didn't know he did Mildred mm-hmm. Pierce for
1: some reason. I thought yep. that was um, I yep. just assumed that was Adrian, but that makes sense that she because she yeah. left she'd left MGM at that point, didn't she? yeah Joan Car-
0: yeah okay
2: yeah she had kind sense. of been like i think loaned out at that point or something but yeah. um yeah and uh but yeah he so he was a sort of a heavy hitter at this time he was still just like so many other people involved in the movie they were like beginning it was the beginning of their careers and they're just yeah. all amazing and bursting with talent so <laughs> yeah oh so i just wanted to interject with that you know
1: oh yeah no people I, to google like that Anderson. dude he's he was pretty dude. amazing and this this one is like it's it's a slow burn as far as costumes go, but once it gets to that second half of the movie where it's all the the prologues and, like, yes. it, one after another, it's, like, just, like, mind-boggling how beautiful the costumes Super are. Super mind-boggling so,
2: and amazing. And this is black and white, folks. Mm-hmm. Black and white. Yeah. I highly recommend, especially if you're somebody who's maybe never seen a black and white movie, um, it is it's just it's up there it's actually at a hundred percent rating on rotten tomatoes which i think is interesting like i had never yeah, i'd I even never seen notice that but it is like that good so. yeah
1: it's pretty amazing yeah and um it definitely it's strap yourself in this one's a good one yeah um so as we said so chester the main guy J- mm-hmm. james cagney nan joan Blondell, your spirit animal that's established <sighs> yeah. and so then there's two other kids um let's see so there's this other girl who works in the office. Her name is uh, B and she's played by Ruby Keeler, who is also kind of famous for playing opposite Scotty, who's played by Dick Powell. So Dick Powell and Ruby yeah. Keeler are kind of like a duo in Hollywood. And they've yeah. done, I think they were in a couple of the Broadway melodies. And then I want to say that they were also in one of the gold diggers. Cause there's like yeah. two different gold diggers. Yeah. And, um, and then also there's this old dowager lady named Mrs. Gould who's running around. She's Ruth.
2: Oh. <laughs> she's so good. <laughs> she's a sugar mama by proxy, I guess. Yes. It's very interesting. So
1: she's Ruth Donnelly. And I believe that she's a character actress and she gets around. I've seen her in mm-hmm. other stuff. And then there's also this girl who pops up and her name is Vivian who is basically like Nan's arch enemy. And she's Claire Dodd, who I'm not that familiar with, but she's an important character. So, yep. Yes, yeah, so she's a good one. So, let's see. The, basically, the premise of this movie is is that um, this uh, Chester Kent writes prologues for movies. So it's basically like if you've ever seen the movie Annie. This is the only way that I can really like equate this to anybody who knows who is not familiar with it. So the movie Annie, when they go to see the movies, and they go and the Rockettes actually perform in before the movie plays. That's what his job is. His job is to write a description. That is a perfect
2: description.
1: Because I had forgotten. I was like, oh, wait, is this really? Because it's people, it's, I actually, like, Googled it and was looking at it. And there's, like, an article that I found. And these movie prologues, when movies first came out, they weren't very long movies. Like, when talkies just started, they were, like, maybe 40 minutes long. But then they'd have, like, a prologue to it. And then, so his job was to write the prologue, which usually tied in with the movie somehow or just celebrated Tinseltown as a whole. So his job was to write those. And they would perform that. And then, you so you see, like, a live stage thing. And then you'd see like a movie, and apparently these things happened in like every movie house, like including Radio City Music Hall, because that was a movie house for most of the time that it was. It, it's been was used. Now it's just like a straight up theater, um, like a theater thing. And then any pretty much any movie house had a prologue because a lot of them were being switched over from vaudeville houses, so they already were yeah. set up for stage stuff. So oh, it was wow. really interesting. And the, I found an article, and I'm gonna try and find it, which I probably should have prepared butter. But, um, where there, this was, this was actually, um, this movie was based on a real dude. So.
2: Oh, that is so cool.
1: Yeah. Whose name was, I think, I want to say, little dead air here.
0: No, well, I'll fill
2: it by actually saying that. Um, (laughs) I think that's so interesting what you said, because, um, you know, uh, I've, I've been to some of those old like movie houses. Um, actually Mm -hmm. there's a beautiful one in downtown Oakland, um, the paramount theater and they um had uh, uh, there's another one actually there too i think there's two but both of them were like movie houses like that where they have full stages and to this day i mean they usually do like live concerts and like live shows and stuff there now but i'm like oh that makes sense because one of them even has like an old movie night where they put down a screen but they have the guy that comes up and plays the organ and the whole thing and it's super awesome and i i could just man could you imagine going to that Seriously. I mean it
1: makes it basically uh. what they were doing was this like they thought the whole the whole premise of the movie in the beginning is is that talking pictures is gonna kill musical theater. Which in a sense like for better or for worse it pretty much did yeah. but um, it killed, kind of killed vaudeville, and more than anything. So what they were worried about was, is that they were like, okay, well, how do we make it's? It was sort of like their transition. So they're like, how okay. do they bring they bring uh, music m- movies up to the social standing that musical m- musicals and theaters were at the time? Like by so they're just like, well, let's just put on these prologues ahead of time. Um, so I did find the information. It's right oh, cool. here. It's very exciting. So um, this article that I found online actually um was. Talking about a guy named Chester Hale, and he had been creating and choreographing stage musicals since 1921. And nice. in 1929, according to the Internet Broadway database, the IBDB, two new musicals opened up on Broadway: Broadway Nights and A Night in Venice, each choreographed by the team of Busby Berkeley and Chester Hey-o. Hale. How awesome. amazing is that? Okay. So. So the person who
2: did the original choreography live is now doing this movie.
1: Right. So it seems as though Busby Berkeley was able to parlay into actual movies, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so the movie basically starts wow. out with Chester Hale and his buddy, like seeing the news that musicals are dying because, um, all movies from now on are going to be talkies. And then, so he basically just gets the, sh- the bright idea that prologues is the way to go. Cause prologues apparently was a thing, but they couldn't figure out how to make them like in a, you know, in a cost-effective way. So he mm-hmm. like had a stroke of genius of like basically becoming a franchise person to make prologues. Which apparently this was a thing, too. There was a guy, there was a team called Frank Con and Marco on the West Coast huh. who did, did that very same thing. They actually had, like, what this company was that he worked for that made prologues for that would be loaned out to um, to movie houses. So it was really wow. cool that this is, like, kind of based on real life, like, in the, at the time.
2: That is super cool.
0: Yeah, fascinating, Dude. huh? Yeah, I did yeah, my research this awesome. time. <laughs> no, I think
2: that's so cool because, like, now, like, so much of it makes sense because, you know, it's, yeah, I think just to even to even think that that would be a thing and an important thing, and um, so it's, like, the whole movie's sort of a behind-the-scenes of that, yeah. and, uh, and I thought it was really interesting, too, because he's almost, like, like, he's working for one company, but then there's, like, another rival company stealing their ideas, and yeah. he's getting embez- there's embezzlement going on. Yeah. Um, it was they, they really tried to squeeze a lot of story into this, and it, it, it kind of works, because then well, you, I feel like you can watch yeah. it over and over and, and get more out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's you know?
1: a really, like, okay, it's a two-hour-long movie, but it, the first hour of the movie is frantically paced. Mm-hmm. Like, it's super, super fast-paced, where you're just like, you cannot be doing anything, yeah. while you have to literally like watch this movie and like pay attention because it goes by very fast yeah, and it's like basically it's just like Classic boom, 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 1930s double
2: clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like
1: fast it's like fast speak it's like you do this, you do that, you do this, you yeah, do that like, so, oh, yeah oh, lots of that
2: <laughs> <And, laughs> like, <I> my <mean>,
1: favorite <laughs> James favorite.
2: He's like, so good. He's like patient zero for that kind of talk. It's yes. great. You know? But I
1: also love that there's at least like four or five different instances where he has to do like, he has to like workshop how to like get the timing right on something. So he's like, just do it like this. Uh, and you're like, every single so time good. it's the same like rhythm. And you're like, how, how does anyone. How is he, like, at all? Is this is not an effective way of, like, managing your business. It doesn't no, make it, any sense. It,
2: it's the equivalent of, like, the, the fashion designer who draws a squiggly line on a page over and over again. And you're supposed to go, <laughs> yep, I got this. No problem. You're like, <laughs> like cool. figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> it's basically what he was doing. He was, like, <laughs> there were times when he was just, like, mid-sentence and he would come up with an idea. And I was, like, dude, you are gonna, you're going to hurt yourself. You need to calm down. <laughs> yeah but it, but it was fun seeing uh james cagney do a little tap dance routine
2: oh yeah no and it's cool because like with that because i ended up i did a little research myself and turns out that he was like a lifelong hoofer. like they he had there yeah. was the expression of like being like sort of you know uh like born in a trunk and like being born in like a, a traveling trunk and you know like he he was dancing since he was a kid um and uh you know and 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 he really actually wanted to be a, a singing and dancing musical guy but he did one fucking gangster movie and that's exactly yep. they just wanted to pigeonhole him that so he really had to like he actually kind of put up a fuss so he could even do this movie in the first place and i think it's great he really fought he fought to do this movie and then they only gave him one other the only other musically ended up doing was Yankee Doodle Dandy, which whatever. Yeah. We'll cover that later if you want to, Philip. No. But what a, I can take or leave. <laughs> but that was it. Like so, they didn't yeah. really give him like the like these were these were roles he truly wanted, you know. So because yeah, anyway. he
1: came, I think yeah, he's I think I read somewhere too that he came from Vaudeville. It was like kind yeah, of, he just kind of did one yeah, like he just happened to be in a gangster movie and they were just like, that's it from now on. You're yeah, gangster. totally.
2: But he's but he's always like, hey, put me in a musical. Like, that's my jam. <laughs> that's what I was born to do. So you can tell it, you can feel it. There's an effortlessness to how he dances and he wants to be there <laughs> for yeah, sure. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. Let's, yes. Oh, and his suits are really great. Like, if we're, we're going to talk about costumes. Like, it yeah. really, like, the first 10, 15 minutes is pretty much primarily men in suits. And it's I those think, classic yeah, 1930s suits, and it's really interesting because it's totally like the older men have three-piece suits, single-breasted, mm-hmm. and then all the guys like James Cagney throughout the movie, and all the guys are younger. Dick Powell, there's always like double-breasted, yeah. no vest, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that it's like there's almost like I wonder if it was like the old folks versus the young because everybody wore suits back then. Even if you were like 14 years old, you would have like <laughs> had a suit apparently. <laughs> like everybody dressed like a grown-up and. That's the other thing, too, is, like, if you really think about, like, everybody feels very mature in this movie.
1: Well, yeah, that's You know, and it's, like, true.
2: it's crazy. Like, they almost are, like, I feel like they're more mature than me. And these are people who are, like, in their mid to late 20s. Some of them like, early 20s. Yeah. And then James Kaggy, he was only, like, 33. And it's, like, but these people had already seen a lifetime, you know? I mean, and it was, like, deep depression. So it was just, like, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. That shit is the struggle they're, is real. they're, you know?
1: yeah, they're giving it fifteen-hour days, sixteen-hour days. I don't care. Yeah, they're just working to work. I guess it was. I guess that's funny. that You're right. This is the first time I thought about it that it was the deep depression, and everyone yeah. seemed perfectly happy working twenty-hour days. Like yeah, no, I they were grateful like, well, for the fucking work. They're, they're like, like what up? Paid.
2: You know? Yeah. I mean, well, we'll get to it even later. What is like? Uh, you know? Because remember, uh, James Cagney Hands up dating. Uh, you know. um you, you know, the hooker roommate, uh kind yeah. of and like what does he give her? What does he give her as a present? A job. A job. Yep. <laughs> so that that's what we're talking about. When yes. jobs are presents. <laughs> Our gifts of luxury. <laughs>
1: Happy birthday, honey. I got you a job. I could
2: have got you this mink, but I got you a job. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Anyway,
1: (laughs) uh, so basic. So like this, like we were saying, the story just kind of like jumps into him. Just it literally just fast forwards to him being like the biggest guy in business of making these prologues, and he has just this office, and it's just bustling with thousands of people. It's like a Mm -hmm. whole like cacophony of people just walking around, singing, dancing. Like there's walking through dance routines that are being um, rehearsed, Uh, and then he's always being followed by his awesome his awesome gal Friday, um, Uh, man. Who's Man. Elle, um Joan Blondell and I'm like oh I love her she has got she really knows how to mug on on film like she just oh, got these big expressive does. eyes yeah platinum blonde hair and she just is hilarious I love yeah. her so much
2: she and, hits the mark
1: and her costumes were so good I loved her yeah. she always had these like very smart sensible dresses but they always had like some sort of fun detail to them of some sort i think the first yeah. one she wears has these like crystal pleated like almost like lapels or a collar yes it was so cute.
2: cute and of course it's black and white you can't really tell what colors they are i'm like it was a lovely black satin dress <laughs> with white crystal pleated collar. i guess i don't know it probably could be blue i don't know but it was really cute and very well fitted you could tell like there were no panty lines in nineteen thirty three, okay. No. Everything is like if it's not cut on the bias, it's all cut just very smart and like very natural. There's not a lot of like structure or anything to what they're wearing. There's a lot of like natural shape and they all have beautiful natural shapes, may I say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well it's coming It's just off, yeah. Soft.
2: And soft and pretty. Off of
1: they're coming off of that like flapper era because it's 1933, so they're yeah. still fairly waifish and not eating because they're just you yeah. Know,
2: and Except plus they probably... just basically move that waistband up to the natural waist instead of a drop waist, and they have mighty fine waist because they're not eating. They're fucking hungry. It's the depression. <laughs>
1: it's the depression.
2: They look great on camera. They're starving. Like <laughs> seriously, you know, newspapers in the shoes, the whole deal. Like it's bad.
1: These stickers know. in the food,
2: yeah, like it. Uh, they're just and and th- and like that's all I think. And when I watch them, like, look at all that employment on stage, oh. man. Because <laughs> there's a lot. Oh, it's so great. There's like the total like hustle and bustle backstage all the time. I know, I you know, it. hustle and bustle rehearsal all the time.
1: So cool. I also love that. Um, what was it? There's so base. So the the. Nan and B are introduced, and B is sort of, like, the dowdy, uh, schoolmarm-esque, like, secretary. And she's, yeah. of course, you're just like, oh, I know it's coming for you. You're getting a makeover.
0: I oh, could just, yeah. Any minute now. Yeah. Usually it it kind of
2: makes... What, do you think this was the first like the, the the first like on film of like nerd transformation like because, a she's all
1: that moment
2: like yeah because and the whole thing of like well you take those glasses off and oh my god you're so attractive you know like those well, glasses they didn't, were just holding you back you know
1: yeah this certainly wasn't like a you know just let's take the glasses off and let your hair down moment where she shook it out it wasn't on yeah. screen but the transformation they cut and then it was transformation so she was definitely she's probably the yeah. first one that did that like you know where they were just like who who's that girl
2: girl girl who's that girl who's the bookish the bookish girl that knows so much well you can't be pretty but because you're smart you know and it's like and then of course my spirit animal comes and she's like hey girl i know you got brains you just need a dress and some prettier hair we'll get you out there i know you can dance and then she like throws her out there and turns out well ruby keeler and joan Blondell also much like james cagney were sort of like born in a trunk and been hoofing and tap dancing and yeah being grown up since they were babies so you can just tell there's like they're like i got this you know and it's oh it's so good it and really um good. yeah but uh but there's a lot of like i guess we're kind of all over the place in a sense like there's so much going on in the story but in, in a nutshell yeah. like it um he james he, you know his characters have got a lot of problems because they basically want they, you know, they kind of want to kill the prologue thing because talking pictures are coming. So like, well, they we have talking pictures. We don't need other people talking, you know. And and so he feels this, you know, and he's also feeling this pinch. Like he's like, why well, I never have any money. So he's always feeling this struggle, all the time. And little do we know that the um that they're uh that you know the bosses are embezzling and taking his money, um. Yeah so yeah. he's built
1: this giant empire basically he built this giant f- company that like franchises out all of these prologues to other companies he's making money hand over fist the boss are embezzling money out of him Yeah. So, somehow their, one of their sisters comes in and is like getting all of her boyfriend's jobs and yeah. she's like soup sold she's like a major cougar oh, which is God. hilarious so to see funny. a 1930's cougar because she just looks like what you would cast as a grandma yeah. like today like she's got like the, the shawls and the fur and the giant hat but she's like an older woman but she's got like these guys who are like 20 something like on her. she's because that's uh. how um that's how dick powell comes on scene is that he's she's get she's like you need to hire him he's amazing blah 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 he's my protege which i was like so oh great. god i love those censors calling the boyfriends the protege because everyone's like we know what she's doing
2: <laughs> my protege <laughs> i mean gigolo <laughs> <laughs> so oh man uh, and she, so sh- you know the other thing too is all those older ladies have to talk with a very erudite <laughs> little voice like that oh no yeah. you must try him please
0: yeah. try him
2: <laughs> i have you know, what you
0: know <laughs> Ew
2: that's kind of what she's I, saying. I, I kind
1: of wonder, I honestly wonder how old she was like supposed to be in this movie. Cause I bet you, she was probably like 45. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Dick Powell's like 29. <laughs> like yeah, it's probably I mean, not that thing. bad. It, yeah. But it
2: probably wasn't it, that bad, but I think just the, the sort of the cutoff level of fashion, like she's coming from like the teens era, you know, mm-hmm. like she never, well, she could have been a salty, salty Ugh. flapper. <laughs> 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 salty old flapper.
1: Pretty
2: much. <laughs> anyway, oh um, who knows? But uh, but yeah, there's like a lot of weird, like hijinks, like side stories, like that. And oh, and then like and then to throw all that on the mix, um, apparently they have an, an office kitty, and that's not a euphemism. Like there's literally a cat that lives in James Cagney's office. And inspires <laughs> him to make a dance. <laughs> and right. I'm totally that's okay what he... with that. I'm not hating that. <laughs> he's the cutest. He's like a black cat. I mean, I think it is. It's black and white. It could be gray. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> he's
2: super cute. And uh, like you see like Joan Bonnell comes in one morning. He'd like spent the night in his, uh, in his office uh, after getting divorced or signing divorce right. papers. Again, mucho hijinks going on Lots like every stuff. minute. Um, and he's petting a kitty, and he's like, I got an idea. And then he brings the cat over to, like, his very nervous, very weird, dan- always put upon put dance upon. director, who is this guy that you would think he's, like, cab driver turned dance director. <laughs> so like, <good>. he <laughs> I Looks like it. it, but he's very physical. Like he I can loved keep it up so much. I, <laughs> I love that he was like a cigar loved chopping,
1: it. put upon, like constantly uh, in flop sweat, constantly like pulling his hat off and like yep. being and crushing it and just being like, what is happening to my life? Uh, but I just so funny that dance director was amazing he's like and then he's like no matter what he did it was wrong because yeah um because James Cagney would come and he's like no 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 not like this and it was like yeah <laughs> just like I told everybody else it's a yeah like,
2: <laughs> just like
1: you do it so fast and then just walk away
2: and, <laughs> and, then, then, like, he's, then, it, and then he's like here have a cat copy <laughs> this cat make a dance <laughs> Pretty much, that's what he tells them, yeah. and and so he does. Like he tries to come up with like a cat dance, and they have this, and that's like their first dance number or the first real musical number we see in there, right? It's, um, the,
1: uh, f- well, it's the first. Um, well, there's like kind of like snippets of ones where there, he walks into yeah, a couple true. of a couple of rehearsals, and they kind of do like a few bars see, some
2: my shadow. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> very worry. weird. There was a variety. <laughs> warbling Weird
0: songs.
1: <laughs> so yeah and then so they kind of figure out that they want to do a cat number he's working on the cat number but this is also when you find out that someone amongst the herd is like stealing ideas and selling them to the enemy and stuff so yeah. there's this whole storyline where at the beginning where he literally just fires some guy and you're like wait why I wasn't sh- when he first fired the guy I was like wait yeah. why are you firing the guy and he turns. it turns out that he, fig- f- he thinks that he's the mole that's giving away secrets and I'm just like yeah. no Okay, cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and that was the thing, like, I, you know, because I watched this twice. That was the thing, like, I I really didn't 100% pick up. There was just so much going on. I really didn't even pick up on the nuance of that storyline. But it does carry through. The cool thing is, like, even though there's a lot going on, they actually take the story and run with it to the end. So it's not just like, oh, well, it wasn't, like, thrown in. You're like, well, why was that in there? You know, like, it all kind of makes sense. But, um, right. yeah, the... (laughs) Oh God! The espionage <laughs> thing where
1: I was like, "Wait, what's happening? How? Wait, how? What?" Huh? Um, yeah. So, but it did turn out that eventually you do find out that so he fires his one his right hand guy or his this random dude who's coming up with ideas that are all, apparently all like old old hat. And yeah. so then he goes to the competition and is the one that's selling the ideas, but he's got a girl on the inside who's giving him
2: some secrets. skanky blonde who's giving him <laughs> secrets on the inside.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um. yeah so uh, but that was really cute the uh, cat number we did end up seeing a full version of the cat number yeah. later on which yeah. was quite a show
2: <laughs> it was <laughs> quite a show <laughs> it was well well that's
1: yeah. when that's after ruby keeler has her has her um, transformation that's so, true that's
2: true because and she has the makeover so during all this time like Joe, poor Joan Blondell. She's so put upon because, like, there's other there's the other weird little storyline Because remember, like that skanky freeloading chick who apparently is a friend just right. like, shows up so at her apartment. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and so... she takes every opportunity to call her some kind of hooker <laughs> at, at every opportunity. It's so, so great.
1: <laughs> it's so good. But so yeah, Joan Blondell, or not Joan Blond. Yeah, Joan Blondell is like in love with her boss like straight oh, up so like love. got them marionized and then uh the new girl vivian shows up and she's just you know rubbing her tush on everything
2: vivian rich <laughs>
1: really yeah so she's rubbing her tush oh, on I everything
2: miss Vi- rich <laughs> there's shit like that no that's quoted i mean like it's so good oh the dialogue oh, yeah. is delish
1: it's really so good, good. She uh, Blondell gets a lot of one-liners in at um, Vivian's expense. So oh, and then so, so good. basically, so what the deal is is that Vivian meets James Cagney's character, and then they instantly fall in love. And she's just like, I got. She's like hooked a big one. So she knows yeah. where she's getting her, bre- um, you know, her bread is buttered and stuff. So she's she's not letting him go. She's sinking her claws in, and she's going for it, which I loved.
2: <laughs> and I think that's interesting. Like like it, all these girls are like going after him, like. Like, his wife that he divorced was going after him. Like, it's because they think he's a guy who's going to make big money, and he's not seeing any big money. And, like, we see that with him. Like, you consistently are like, you know, like, he's never really making money, but these chicks think he is. And that he's not making it because he's getting embezzled upon. So there's, like, multi-layers to this story as to, like, how, how all this is happening. And, of course, the only one who really, you know, I guess loves him for who he is and isn't there for his money is... We (laughs) jump (laughs) on Outside campus. Oh, she's so good kicks her in the ass <laughs> yes. so awesome
1: oh my god the dress that vivian was wearing during that scene was so
2: yes
1: when yeah uh, james cagney comes back drunk and then he apparently had a proposed to, to vivian oh. and he's wearing like a double-breasted tuxedo with a silk top hat as can slick
0: as a yeah
2: motherfucker. they went and out then, like, like date night in 1933 <laughs> meant something yeah, that's that all i'm saying because they were like to serious. the nine. Her hair was, like, perfectly finger-waved with little tiny curls and just, and her eyebrows, oh. Yeah, she had
1: the yeah. 1930 eyebrows where they were super skinny and super high. <laughs>
2: yeah, but like and perfectly symmetrical, like not cheap or like weirdly dry, like they look good. Yeah, and she was yeah. It was and the fine. gown.
1: Sh- the gown she was wearing was all like was like sh- silk chiffon and it had like fur around the shoulders, but then it had like these flutter sleeves, like circular cuts, flutter sleeves, and then yeah. it had like like vertical rows of like sequins and beads that were in like a Greek key style. It was yeah. Like, I was just like, that's a beautiful gown. Down. And
2: then, like, either some Ugh. marabou feathers some fur kind of action it on it, too. It was fur on the shoulders, oh, but man. it was, like, cold
1: shoulder, too. So it was, like, yeah. off the shoulder, but still had, oh, it was, like.
2: It just was, like, yummy and luxurious. It was yeah. so cool. Mr. And Milo
1: so, Anderson working out his Oh, on yeah. Oh, so good. Totally. Man. There were some really good ones. So hey, John Blondell had really great dresses in this one. There yeah. was one scene where she had to spend the night at, um, at, Jake's Cagney's house, and they were just trying to think up the the big three finale like uh, prologues that they were going to mm-hmm. sell to like some big investor, and they couldn't think of anything. So she had to basically spend the night just brainstorming with him, and she had this gown on that was like sheer. It had like sheer panel across the fr- um the uh, breast, the and but then the sleeves. Yeah, uh, then, then the sleeves were all like it was all sheer, but then it had panels. It had like a lattice work, like t- um, bias tape or something on it. It was. I was like, oh my god, that's so cute! It was like, a, so of course, nice. a flutter sleeve, lots of flutter sleeves on her, lots lot of
2: flutter sp- sleeves, yeah. and like, um, like little tiny crystal pleatings and like, mm-hmm. like bows. But it was like, it was like pieces of fabric that were like inserted into into the dress itself and then like little ends sticking out to like make bows it was and it was really really cute and like one even one of the dresses that she gives to ruby keeler like has that detail on it and um it's really cute it actually does it's like the classic like it draws attention to the face but it does and they have cute faces and they've got these and everybody they all are serve a 1930s face because they yes. all have eyebrows that are either tweezed within an inch of their life or they have been completely <laughs> tweezed off and redrawn on um all the cute little drawn cupidy lips and i mean and they all have that perfectly finger waved hair um yeah. you know even if it's long it's been like finger waved it's just it, they all have a look and they all have that like old hollywood starlet look and i love it so- the, the so
1: dresses, were, the dress, like, the just the casual dresses were really, like, really interesting to look at. Very, like, yeah. thought out, very, like, you know, with the cute little details and the cute little, like, ins and outs and stuff. Oh, uh, those dresses, I mean, I mean so... you could
2: freaking, if you worked in an office, you could wear that to work today and look adorable. Like, yep. there was nothing about it, like, the silhouette and everything. There was nothing about it that looked particularly, you know, like abnormal like it, it looked if it had like if you were to take that dress seriously and then those ones Joan blondel where you'd be like well that's re- you look really cute but not like like you're wearing like the 1950s stuff with like a crinoline or whatever Like right. nothing fussy about them they're yeah. like they're designed for living for sure you know
1: definitely yeah um so then but before yeah so before that whole like we're jumping all all back and forth on this movie I I don't care it's a good one there's so much happening you kind of just have to take it as Uh. it comes but the cat number was the cat number was so basically like halfway through the movie that's when um, when Ruby Keeler. Um, B's Ruby Keeler's character named B, which I loved. <laughs> just so cute. Like, she has her transformation. She shows up, and then, um, of course, Jimmy Dick Powell's character is like, "Hey, girl, how you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you took my advice and got a makeover." <laughs> and of course, she's oh. just like, "She's like, go fuck yourself. I don't have time yep. for you." She's like, i did it. I'm looking this good for me, and plus, you got a girlfriend, remember? And she's like sixty years old."
2: Oh, but, so great. Oh, so thank you, Prehave so. Coat Films, who actually keep it real. Keep so it real, good. real, and dodge that censorship. And, like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Precious Gems. <laughs> so that Sorry. she
1: gets hired on as the girl who's going to, like, Basically, be like the the lead dance captain and teach all the new girl all the girls the the routines and stuff. So she then they'd go into a rehearsal of the cats number, which is basically just a full dress rehearsal uh, with like yay. camera work and all kinds of craziness. So and it was great.
2: so cute. They're all like little, like, like little This was like Buzzy Berkeley was like, well, I guess I'll just sort of you know get my feet wet. We'll go like you know Buzzy Berkeley like you know half. We'll take it. We'll take it down a notch, you know. Yeah. Just just kind sort of ease you into ease you into the genius that is this man, and it is the cutest. But it is super cute, actually. It's a really it was, cute routine. Sitting on a cute. backyard fence. Is that what it was? Like, <laughs> yeah, sitting on a uh, backyard fence. And it they all, so <laughs> it's like you know, and it's it's Ruby Keeler, and it's all these like rockette style, uh, backup dancers, and they're in almost like it kind of reminds of something from the Rockettes, you know, like they're in these like leotards with the cute little tap dancing shoes, little bows, which I love. And they're like, and these long sleeve leotards that have, um, with, with little cat like, like hoods that they wear with little ears and everything's really fitted. And they've got the little boy leg cut and it looks like a really plush, like velvet and I don't know if minky fabric existed back then, but it looks like minky fabric.
1: Right, like a low pile fur of some yeah. sort. And then it had like and then they had these big like tool like, oh, like like tools. So
2: like they bows were on
1: their their neck. Little
2: bows on their neck. Oh,
1: so cute. And then they had big giant tails big that giant like tails stick, that moved with stood them. out. It was so cute. And then there was a guy cat.
2: Oh well <laughs> Wearing I'd the same like, exact outfit. <laughs> Both of us agreed that maybe his outfit was either an afterthought or a cast off or a misinterpretation. And they thought that it was going to be another girl. And he, looked, he was like, fuck it. I'm on the bread line. I'm wearing this shit and I'm a cat. You know, like he, looked, he, he, he owned so? it. But I was like, oh, that's a boy. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, whoa, that dude. Now you're like, that's a homie looking chick. That's the dude.
2: <laughs> that's the <a> dude.
1: <laughs> and he's wearing... A no leotard types. no tights no that leotard and he was like okay and not a particularly good-looking man either. no no <laughs> he was not particularly
2: like... good-looking legs or anything we were just but like and, oh and, and i feel like va- ruby keeler was even had that face was like you're not dick powell but you'll do for the moment da-da, da-da, you know, like, so she had like yeah a woman knows that smile. She, <laughs> she was talking with her eyes. I can see it. <laughs>
1: and this is when they introduced their little, their um, their little person, who oh. looked like a little kid, but he apparently was a little person, and he was dressed like a mouse. And well, he was both. Was, um,
2: that's Billy Barty. He 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 is a little oh. person, but he was also nine. So he oh. was like, he was both, you're right on both counts, <laughs> he was um, uh, but he was also supposed to like play a kid who was like a baby or five-year-old, or whatever. Like he was supposed to play a kid half his age, but he was nine at the time when he did that. Oh yeah.
1: Well, it was, and he's been he's, in a
2: lot of shit. Like even when he was I'm older. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it was like I was like, wait wait, I was like, wait a second, they're gonna go on the road with kids now? Yeah, this but that's is... what I was saying. It was like he's <laughs> like logistics. Part of the troop. Did, yeah.
2: Did Joe Blondell get the memo? Because I feel like she maybe would have said something.
1: <laughs> I'm imagining this was before child labor laws. <laughs> yeah, so they were well, just like
2: Sadly <laughs> like, this was even before they had best costume oscars um and, oh. and that they didn't even have those till the 1940s cuz there was I was thinking I was like well, how come they didn't win best costumes and I'm like cuz they didn't have it back then they I didn't have it in was,
1: 1933 This is back when they probably had like eight awards it wasn't yeah. Very,
2: like Yeah they didn't it wasn't a very was,
1: robust ceremony <laughs>
2: I think it was only like 5 years on 4 years on that the oscars happened but yeah they didn't right. even think like at that time to even like oh wow you know to even have that as a part but yes but it Theoretically, though, if they had, they probably would have had some high contenders for 1933. But this probably would have won, I would think. Probably. I, I would I'd, think.
1: Have, I'd have to double. I'd have to check the field, see who yeah. it's up against. I'm yeah. going to reserve my vote.
2: Okay, then.
1: <laughs> I don't want to play favorites just yet.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so then after the cat number, and then after that night where they, that's when they have to, like, they got this big account that they have to st- um and try and give like three um, epic prologues to to win over like a million dollar account and yeah. that's when um uh, Joan Bluntel and James Cagney lock themselves in a room for all night, and then um, that's when she gets a couple digs in at Vivian's, and you know, in, in on Vivian, because Vivian calls, and then she makes it seem like they slept together. It's like a whole thing. Oh, yeah. No, it's loved.
2: great. And, well, and that was the thing. He, he locks, you're like, hmm, why and would this person ab- lock a whole bunch of people in for three days? That sounds a little crazy. Well, that's because he found out that there was a mole, and he was like, well, if I'm going to get any of this shit done, he tells everybody, he's like, someone in here is a rat. And so y'all are staying here for three days, or you can leave because I'm working on shit. And then after that, we're going off. We're doing this. Like this is how bad it is, you know? Right. That's which was which that's cool. after
1: that was after there. Like him and her were in the office together. He went to right. the work the next day and was just like, "This is it, guys. We're doing it. Three days yeah. in the days. Three days in the clink, and then we're gonna come out with some good ideas." So, yep. Yeah. It was kind pretty, of amazing. I was like, "Wow, that's <laughs> gonna be." I was. Everyone seemed perfectly happy with it, and I guess it's that whole depression era. Get yeah, it, get her grateful
2: for work. And they're like, yep. oh, oh, and then they're like, well, we're going to be feeding you. You're going to stay here. And they're like, okay, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> three hats and a cot. <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> <Pretty much. Sorry>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it's true,
1: it's sad, but true. Yes. Um, and then, so this is when they're all locked in. So after they're all locked in, this is when it just becomes a whirlwind of activity when they, they're going to be choreographing three new prologues in three days. And apparently they're supposed to be better than any other prologue anybody's ever done. Oh,
2: and it was great. <laughs> Don't you, okay, did you not love that slow pan, like, through the whole room where it was, like, one piano player after another, like, I'm working uh-huh. on this song. And then we're yep. dancing and doing, that and, like, the next one and then the next one. And it was, and like, it co- was so Then they're cool. doing, like,
1: costume reviews. They were, like, girls in, in like, costumes oh, that you'll see later on in the movie. Movie, which were like I was like oh my god they're so cute they're so cute and so like cute. very scandalous too because they were the scandalous
2: d- the, oh I loved the, ugh, those bathing the, suits
1: yeah they were all like so nude awesome. they're like nude body suits with like diamonds <laughs> like diamond pa- patches all over in specific places and I was like oh, okay <laughs>
2: it was fab it was, yes. was really fab it was like you know it, it made me think of like airte drawings of very, like you that know that, that. and it was just time. like that come to life. And even that, unlike a grainy black and white, you could just you're just like I am blown away. Like what 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 is going on here? <laughs> and it's
1: honestly sometimes the black and, black and white movies or even older movies do like there's something almost better about them because
2: I you agree. use like
1: nude mesh and that sort of thing, and the, you, you use nude mesh from like a distance or like even like under really harsh lighting, it, you can it actually blends better and you get more of an illusion with it because nowadays yes. when you see. It, it's like high def. You're just like, okay, well, now I can count the holes in the mesh because it's so clear.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> I think so. The illusion so. isn't there. I think so. It's that sus- there's a hint of suspended reality that just feels magical. Especially, it's like, you know, I always think it's like when you watch a black and white movie. I like turn off the lights, and I need to try. I try to actually simulate a movie theater as much as possible. I like need Aww. to not be bothered, and I turn the I turn the volume <laughs> up, and it's just like you just get into it. Especially these movies, they're just so magical. I would but, love um, to see these on the uh, big screen. Me too. These,
1: these big ones.
2: These me peppers, too. So well, good. you know, uh, I own 12 DVDs, and six of them is the Busby <laughs> Berkeley collection. So if you ever want to do that, <laughs> let me know. We can project them somewhere.
1: <laughs> so <Somewhere>. fair <laughs> I've read out <down> at AMC.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's important. I'm really glad. It's one of those things I think I bought years ago either I don't even remember where and it was worth every penny because I think I pull these movies out at random a few times a year yeah. you know whether it's this movie or gold diggers of 1933 or if it's dames um or, or footlight parade like they're just great and there's so much going on and it's and they feel so real I think especially the older I get and I really do love reading about the era of time there's something so real about movies from this era that that just I just don't feel an in any other kind of movie they don't like there's just there's an essence to it that's so great and um and a maturity like people who enter they're so young but they're like so mature like you can tell they've just like i said they've already seen a few lifetimes and you know anyway but uh yeah and so this movie has it and then it's also like early musicals wow it's a little rocky but it's awesome
1: yeah Yeah, but this is one of the big this is like so so all that leading up to this, basically uh, this halfway point, and then the last hour pretty much is three giant epic music numbers.
2: Oh like, god! Crazily
1: choreographed, crazy like sets and costume changes, and it's just amazing. So yes, if you have not they, put on
2: your seatbelt uh, for <laughs> the all uh, the rest, the thirty, the the rig- the first part of the story, uh, get ready for this because it's fucking crazy and amazing. It's
1: amazing. So they have to they. Three days, they choreograph three musical numbers and then they just go out and they have to perform them one after the other in three different theaters. So it's a lot of like getting on the bus, getting off the bus, but it's definitely worth it. And the first one is they go and they do um, the honeymoon hotel number and mm-hmm. it's ba- the premises is that Ruby Keeler and um, Dick Powell go to do the uh, do the. To the they're basically on their honeymoon. That's the word I was looking for. They wanna do uh, it. They wanna they do wanna it. They wanna do it. And of course uh, back
2: then you could only do it if you
1: were married. Pretty much. But it was cute because this whole premise was that um, it was a hotel and it was one of the, it was in Jersey City, which I think is hilarious. That it's just <laughs> outside of the just outside of Manhattan.
2: So so, uh,
1: and everybody who checks in the hotels, the last name is Smith. <laughs> Allegedly. So, it's a lot of that sort of thing oh, it was it's really right. it was a really cute number, but there you know it was a lot of like. A lot of like storytelling through music, which I thought was really cute. But there yes. was not a lot of f- huge costumes in this. There was a lot of great stuff that people were wearing. Yeah, like see of, like, through '90s,
2: '20 yeah. ladies and se- matching see through '90s. Oh, that was, was pretty I, awesome.
1: <laughs> so cute. They had the so like, white top, and then yes. the skirt was all op- was black or But gray, it was like op-
2: yeah, it, but it was, was so but it was cute. sheer.
1: You could totally see their like boy shorts underneath. It was so cute. So cute. Yeah.
2: And then they all kind of had their hair down, and then like and then. All the all very cute boys come like all marching out of the little like washroom with all their oh, robes on. Oh, husbands! Oh, so great! That reminds me. I wanted to tell you how much Dick Powell reminds me of Paulette Tompkins, and oh I really god. thought about that in that moment <laughs> when he does that walk, and then he does that little walk in there, and the way he sings. I'm like, oh my god, are you related? <laughs> But,
1: I love Dick Powell. I have such uh, like an odd crush on Dick Powell for some reason. Oh, I have he's seen, so charming. I one time I think I was coming. I work. I was, was turned on TCM after work when I was like an early in my early twenties, and a Dick Powell movie came on, and I was just like, this man is oddly adorable. He's like so he is so adorable, so funny. The way he sings, the way he's so expressive when he sings. Yep. And he, he, whenever he hits like the note, and his eyes go all bright and wide, and you're like, I love you. Just so
2: adorable. I, yeah, he makes great. me giggle. <laughs> he makes me giggle too.
1: Yeah, and he's he has that so perfect awesome. like he has that perfect vaudeville voice, you know, where everything's all like ah. Yeah, he's like
2: he's like that. It's like a tenor, I guess, voice, but he's Ten, no. yeah ah, but it, yeah, oh, but he's so got good. that
1: perfect like he's got it's that. perfect for the 1930s,
2: like that 20s so and 30s, good. like it's like the man warbler, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's like
1: not as bad as like it's not operatic, but it's no. like it's like that perfect vaudeville musical. Voice. It's
2: yeah, so it, it's good, so good. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Oh, and we need to go back to when. Though, sorry, we have to go back. There's a moment between when the Dick Powell gets cast as like a lead. He first gets cast as like a lead in one of the musicals. Yeah, and they're doing auditions with the with this female singers. Oh, and yeah. So James Cagney comes in and he's like, "All right," and he tells the dance director to like go through the number with. With with Jimmy or Scotty or whatever the fuck his name was.
2: (laughs) And (laughs) he said, yes. And they're so. And he's chopping the cigar, but he's like playing the lady
1: like role, singing and dancing this full scale. Like, um, what was it? Like, I love you, you
2: love me, and he's singing. <laughs> they're
1: like two guys singing this like love song to each other. Yeah, and Dick
2: Powell's like, holding like, he's each got other, his, close, his arms like, like, around him from behind. Sp- like he's the big spoon, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> and spooning they're walking him. along. And the other guy is chopping on a cigar, like singing the other part. Like he's like, cool with it, you know. Like whatever,
1: blowing smoke in his face yeah. at one <laughs> point. And Dick Powell's just like totally totally committed yep. it's the funniest thing they're like, i have ever
2: seen man's gotta eat that's all they're <laughs> thinking you know it's like the things we do uh, i so can just imagine so funny.
1: how funny that was on set when dick Powell was just like fully committed like not could not like he's like he's just like yeah another day of work what are you gonna yep. do like just like
2: they not, must have had a lot of laughs on those so sets. funny like, i think that would be great so,
1: that's They sealed the deal for him being absolutely hilarious. (laughs) It's just like you were so
0: funny. <laughs>
1: um, so the uh, back to the first prologue, which was honeymoon hotel. Um, there's a couple of standout costumes for me was when Joan Blond- um, Joan Blondell, when uh, Ruby Keeler goes into the room and gets changed into her robe, and it's all like all sheer white. And then there were like it was almost like cl- uh, clown collar where it's tears of ruff- like yes. ruffles, but then it was, then little, it was like,
2: like bed jacket edged
1: in black. Yeah, but it was all edged in black, and the sleeves were all like rows of ruffles too and it was etched yeah. in black it was like so cute and then she had little pajamas on it was like oh it's
2: so cute so cute and even yeah, before that like her i her little outfit stuck out to me so much because she had this like these per, these little they were like sheer white puff sleeves that were like oh, yeah tough, but then like perfectly tucked and stitched down at the arm and then uh, you know again like this weird like sheer white trim and these gloves with the crazy the gl- ruffles yeah, I they were like my wrist ruffles. It was...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you see my ruffles? They're pretty hey. fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so cute because it's like a glove. It's like a so short cute. wrist glove and then like a full like six inch wide a ruffle. huge ruffle. That's crystal pleated. <laughs> and it's like, and then she's sleeveless. flopping
2: around, which I guess so. if you think about it, if you were on stage, like theatrically, that'd probably be super cute. And then she had a cute little hat that looked like it was so, yeah. made of the same like white material. But it so it was cute. Re- yeah, super cute though. And like very distinctive. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me about my ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like these gloves? <laughs> they draw they draw attention to my fingers. It's like what? <laughs> oh my
1: god. Oh my god. So that but, one was like but
2: Mr. Anderson. They keep flying to my feet my face. <laughs> and he's like, See here, lady, you better wear those, you're gonna be on the bread line You know <laughs> And then he smacks her on the butt. She does her job. <laughs> And everybody's happy.
0: She, she <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
2: you watch those movies enough, you just you might start talking oh. that way. <laughs> I do. I,
1: I do wish I was better at talking like that, like the 1930s, like double speak and the quick, quick paced. I just, I can't talk like that. I oh,
2: I did, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm too good at making fun of people, and I just try to keep it to myself <laughs> most of the time. So, but here I get sort of let loose and do. I love, I love doing the '30s boy. I'm so I love the way they talk because it's that total early talk. He's like round tones,
0: round <laughs> <Around> tones, <laughs> but it's also voice,
2: you know like it's a little fast too. So like it's speaking, all... yeah. And then, then they go into old the m- screwball m- comedy, and they're literally like 1.5, you know, like in their <laughs> speed. <laughs>
1: so good so Um, good
2: and joe Blondell, she can she can
1: i mean she's basically a Marx. she's
2: she's a contender she's a dame like
1: Like, she's the fourth marx brothers she's oh man (laughs) she's great so good um was there anything else we wanted to cover on the first prologue before we start moving on to the heavy hitters of the second and third prologue
2: um no i think that's about it oh just like at the very end i remember they're all sitting there and the big the big uh like sort of bloated dude with the giant mustache they're all trying to impress he's basically like i've got gas you know and then they all turn around at the same time and i realized the second time on i'm like did he fart everybody turns around like did i smell that
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah the the guy that so. they were trying to impress had very bad gastric issues he was yeah. always in he's always feeling indigestion or he was gassy or something <laughs> he just wasn't having a good time yeah he
2: wasn't having a good time um but
1: uh, oh, anyway but, oh
2: yeah so then they dash off and i love how they're like changing on the bus oh yeah and it's so like good. amazing and
1: there's like a wardrobe mistress like handing out um hats and stuff yes. that was so oh, cute so
2: good those oh, were our God. jobs in a past life <laughs> just <the> a <laughs> frantic bus full of showgirls like okay, bra, bra, hat, hat, shoe, go. <laughs> quit your crying. <laughs> quit your crying.
0: <laughs>
1: no one wants to hear about Jimmy. Jimmy's dead.
2: <laughs> we all know, now um. quit your crying. We need to get
1: paid. Oh, God.
2: Um. Eat your three-day-old donut. Just dip it in your coffee. Float it on top. Just right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the then they dash. Prologue. They dash off to the second one, which, which is amazing.
1: Is, this one is like quintessential Busby Berkeley realness. It's yes. like, it which is funny they didn't leave it to the end, but this I guess where it like, a word,
0: but yeah, it's like like
2: honeymoon hotel, and maybe sitting on a back. They were like the amuse bouche to, to, <laughs> to this one because this is the main course right here. This oh, is sweet. Yeah. Uh, by a waterfall.
1: By a waterfall. So Starts good. Starts out with Dick Powell singing and then Ruby Keeler sneaks up in this frothy, beautiful, like layered, tool layered gown, and uh, she looks adorable and uh, she looks so like a big old amazing. cupcake. Adorable. Just so funny. So cute. And then apparently something happens where either Dick Powell gets conked in the head or falls asleep. And then apparently <laughs> there's all these these
2: She water roofied him. him. <laughs> she, she roofied, roofied him. <laughs> 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 with <laughs> a with a <laughs> flask. Of bootleg gin, cyanide—I don't know. She whatever slipped they him like a Mickey. She slipped him a Mickey for real. And Gave then him he that goofy dreamland.
1: Chose. Um, and then all these like sea, these water nymphs show up at this yeah, giant waterfall that's behind GHB them. in it. So.
2: <laughs> it's just tripping he's
0: just dripping balls. Dripping
2: balls on naked ladies. <laughs> Yeah, rock and roll! <laughs> Just
1: thinking about Dick Powell and like, freaking, having a freak out, having like, freak pulling out, out his clothes. Throwing up the
2: horns, he's like, ah!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they like,
1: buddy, this prologue is taking a turn. <laughs> this is taking a
2: turn for the weird. Or as they would say, the queer. <laughs> See in 1930s times, it actually did mean weird. That's I, and gay meant happy. Swears, it really did.
1: For reals, these guys. Um, and they
2: say it a lot. <laughs>
1: um, but so yeah, so the, there's these the the nude ladies in the are in the waterfall, and which I loved the idea of the fact that they put this on and they they choreographed and did the sets and the costumes for this these prologues in 3 days and somehow managed to construct an entire oh. waterfall with running raw water and a pool and slides. Oh my god y'all, it
2: is a feat of hollywood magic. <laughs> oh, and so we awesome. love every moment of it. It was it was really made if you think it was really made for suffering people and they they served. <laughs> totally. They were like I am oh serving up you some Hollywood fantasy for your humdrum lives. You want to kill yourself down? How about watch a football, a footlight parade? It's a nickel. It's a nickel. Go out there, watch that, and then go home. You'll feel better.
1: better. better. (laughs) Your children are starving. Uh, uh, It's the Dust Bowl. Yeah. But we got you. Here's some
2: sequins. Here you go.
1: So from a distance it was funny cuz I could I thought these were just appliqués on the on the body suits and then when mm-hmm. you got closer to the to the water nymphs you I realize totally it's molded hair The whole thing on that for the bodysuits was all molded hair to look like it was covering them Venus style. And I was like, oh, my God. I lost my mind. I was like, I didn't even know what it was made of. It was like, was it plastic? Was it like rubber? I had no idea what it was made of. But it was so awesome. It was like nude mesh bodysuits. So everything was fully covered. No code violations there but it had like this curly like washed like swirly hair over their bits and it was so beautiful was like like, (gasps) they pulled out every little
2: nuanced code like pre-code trick they could to make sure that would pass and they looked gorgeous amazing
1: so amazing and then it just became, and then didn't it just, after a while, it the, it became a water ballet with yes. these, they changed costumes, which was amazing. And then it became these, the diamond, the diamond, um patched sheer nude bodysuits that were basically just like a patch of um, diamond over their cooch and their boobs and, oh, and wow. they had these was, cute little hats, these cute little like swim caps yeah, and it, it
2: became was like really, a water really cute because like at first it was like a giant it was literally a giant waterfall with these, these chicks that were like sliding over and over like sliding yes. and jumping, sliding and jumping so there's this like crazy movement going on and it's all done in this wide shot where you can see everything but then and then that like that Sort of like waterfall thing just weirdly sort of evolves into this like wedding cake with like each tier being like these women in these gorgeous like art deco style bathing suits. And that's what's saying. Like, I was getting confused the suits that move around because they had those panels on them, yeah. they were like they were almost like beaded, like separate panels. Because they would, when you see them up close, like in the beginning scenes, like all that moves around. It must be because it's just all heavy with beads, you um, know, yeah. but. But uh, they looked amazing, and they're all, like, holding hands so that they it, kind of create almost like an icing around these cake here. Like,
1: like a fountain. It became a like giant a fountain. fountain. Yeah. It was, it, like, yeah. it's, like, waterfall, and then it just dissolves into, like, this beautiful fountain that comes out of the floor. It literally, like, rises out of the it, floor, which amazing. I was, like.
2: With, like, free... water sprays. And, yep. this is, it was just, and this is all pre Esther Williams, like, pre, like, mm-hmm. like giant, like, ha- swimming musicals and stuff. Like, they just, this was a one-off out of yep. Busby Berkeley's mind. And, then and this is also when you start uh, seeing the, the
1: the the quintessential Buzzie Berkeley overhead shots, where he yeah. does these like cl- with human people doing kaleidoscopic things with their legs, like going in different directions. And then there's and utilizing this, the the revolving pa- platforms. It's like it was yeah. just out of this world, beautiful. It was. Crazy. It's like the
2: only thing he didn't pull out at that moment was like a unicorn. Like <laughs> just, there was just no unicorn, but like everything else it was there it was yes. amazing and yeah it, it's a, it's a, and it's infectious like i have to say that song like i was singing i uh, like for like two <laughs> weeks after that uh, not two weeks but like two days after that because it was just so catchy and it's like so cool. there's such an energy to that number that it's just and it and then of course at the end like after this whole it's like a whole dream sequence so then it it, it literally just ends with um, Ruby Keeler, like, back in her little costume, like, splashing water on Dick Powell's feet, which, what a bitch for doing I that. I know. That I was like... Up, like getting his those... socks all wet. Did you know
1: those shoes are, like, full leather and expensive? Yeah. I was and it's like, those are wingtips.
2: Those were good shoes, uh, Anyway. Don't mess
1: up his wingtips, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: just we're like, like, what s- are you doing? He splashed it on his face. His pretty face. Anyway. Dick. But he wakes up, they sing along, they love each other, it's awesome. And then, yeah. that's scene of the next one and, and then the guy you know again gassy guy's like i'm mildly blown away
0: <laughs> mainly because i have to
2: fart <laughs> like that's the vibe i guess
1: pretty much um, and then we race off to the third theater and we're getting ready to um for them to perform shanghai lil which is the next number which we need to give you guys a fair warning this is a little bit of a cultural appropriation. Uh, it's a little racist. <laughs> it's,
2: yeah, it's, I mean, it's
1: you wouldn't see this in this day and age anymore. So just, I mean, it's it's, it's a racism.
2: Racism goes in film, like you. Okay, is, I, it's hard to say, but <sighs> their heart was in the right place. <laughs> this was not full-on like roots okay like it wasn't that kind of racism or something like that but <laughs> it was it, like but, this is how things probably were back then but it was, it was cultural like you said just that uh, just stereotypes i mean they I'll use s- the word yeah. oriental a lot so, so refer you know. to
1: people which we all know is not done that that not done now this it's just like you have to think about it like 1933 there was really even this was even before anime wong who was was the first big asian star this was like not really doing they weren't really doing that yet so you have to kind of think about so there were people there were white people dressed as asians there were you know they there which and then they use that like stereotypical asian voice which is not which is not cool (laughs) so it it, but overall this one was actually it turned out to be a really beautiful number because it's the whole premise is is that this sailor is looking for his his lady his lady friend who's a shanghai lil who's basically just a a prostitute for lack of a better term um
2: yeah yeah and (laughs) Oh, and that was the thing, too, is that uh, James Cagney, like, they originally had this other guy who was supposed to play it. Like, Ruby Keeler's in all three of the prologues, but, um, you know, um, Dick Powell is not. So they have this this other pretty boy or whatever who's supposed to be doing the lead, and, um, uh, and so he ends up, well, he ends up, like, uh, having stage fright and freaking out, and then so James Cagney, like, you know, because he's a control freak, he ends up, like, doing the lead. <laughs> he just so happens to know... This whole thing, and he like does it, and
1: well, it's well. All good. you got, well, it's like it's like James Cagney said, you just got to go, ya ta ta ta, ta ta, ta ta
2: He's so awesome in his 1930s double talk. He's the yep. best.
1: Um. so he goes on in his place and it's wonderful I loved the, actually what I really loved about this one was the beginning shots of this where it was like these sweeping Me shots of like too. all these drunk people that were like super like all the bo- the people that were in like the brothel that were drinking and getting loaded were super gorgeous like all these beautiful oh, like they were these, gorgeous like, dr- drunk women in like amazing gowns and they looked stunning like uh, like they were just like I it had was to pause like, it a couple like times. Marlene Dietrich
2: from Shanghai Express, kind of like yeah. anime Wong, like trying to look like that, you know? Like Pretty it was, much. It, yeah. And I'm sorry, that like, I, I, maybe it is cultural appropriation, I don't know, but that whole like 1930s Chinese look is my jam. That shit is uh, yeah. gorgeous. It looked like, amazing. The makeup and the look, and just, it's, it's like, exotic you know but like very glamorous 1930s it was so
1: cool and there was a lot there's actually like really beautiful like bugle bead fringe on in places and there was like a lot of like amazing gowns that were just in the background that you just saw for moments i mean there was literally like there were these two women that were standing in front of the door right before um James Cagney stumbles into the opium den, which yeah. I thought was like really random. <laughs> stumbles but there are these two <laughs> women who were standing in front of the door and they were looking like straight up dragon ladies, which, and they were in like full, like beaded fringe. Like it was like, like floor length beaded fringe. I was like, this is stunning. I need to find out. i gotta screen capture that or something to put on the website. Yeah, well actually if you such a beautiful, beautiful
2: Well photo. no, no, and actually if you if you um I, I did notice if you if you like Google Footlight Parade and you look up images, there are some really great publicity stills of the girls from the Shanghai Lil scene like doing publicity shots with James Cagney, like standing around him or like cuddling with him and oh, stuff wow. and you can see so you can see and then there's also some great like full body shots of them like standing there in their costumes and they're amazing That's so highly gorgeous. recommend thank even if cost. you look like footlight parade shanghai lil you'll probably even get a better filter but like there are they are up there like i don't know what archive or put them up there but thank you jesus because it's yeah. great and they're just gorgeous um, but yeah, that's a very interesting number, Shanghai Lil. Like, it's it's it, a, again something you would never see like four years after that. Like, never, you would never like. Just the subject matter and everything was so gritty and random. Well, you it know?
1: was yeah, it became taboo. But the problem was, is that white people dressing as other races, like, do dressing as Asians or doing blackface, did not it's go out of style. Face, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it as It's called yellowface, actually. Yeah, referred I it as yellowface. that was like. Yeah. yeah, so that was not it, it. Sadly, it didn't go out of style as fast as you would wanted it to because yeah. you could see it all the way up into the, like you know the uh six, breakfast at
2: Tiffany's with Mickey Rooney. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, yeah.
1: So <laughs> I could
2: go on, but I'll just leave it at that because yeah. that one's gross.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> super <laughs> gross. Um, so, yeah, it is It is tough when, sh- you know, um, Ruby Keeler pops out of, like, a basket, and she's, she's Shanghai Lil, and she uses that, like, really gross, like, Asian talk, and you're like, yeah. oh, no, please stop, please stop. Yeah. Um, and then they do, like, a da- dance routine, and then somehow he gets... Dressed as a sailor, like suddenly he does like a quick change from his tuxedo into a sailor costume. Yeah. And then does some tap dance more tap dancing with the Shanghai Lil. And then it becomes a God bless America number.
2: Very weird.
1: It's but I guess it makes sense for the audience. Yeah, but because no, the audience because was super into that.
2: Yeah, and it was like I guess the height of and like it was um leading uh, what up to was world it? war roosevelt, Two. i think yeah. well it was well it was well before that but it was like they had just got rid of hoover and they got right. roosevelt in so there was a lot of like because people feel like hoover you know a lot of the depression was sort of he took a lot of the blame and a lot of that was sort of associated with him and things that were right. sort of his attitude toward it and roosevelt you know was different so yeah like there was that and it was just very like pro it was like America, fuck it, yeah. You know, it like did it, was, turn into, you know, it did uh, turn
1: into that, which it, was yeah. funny. <laughs> like a lot of marching and drilling with, with guns and then. Or at should I say point,
2: America <laughs> Fuck yeah <You> know, like, <laughs> as, uh, Dick Powell would warble at you.
1: Yeah, uh, it was yeah. it was a little bit of a weird one, but it was definitely shows you that it definitely showed you that um Buzzy Berkeley loves to do marching numbers. He loves to do formation numbers. He loves to do these like people marching in rows and then they kind of like pinwheel out into other stuff. And then they do all well, this apparently amazing. That's where he got
2: his start. Like he was World war one. Like he never yep. actually saw combat, but he would, he was responsible. Like he would, for orchestrating these like giant marches, and you know, back in World War One, they loved themselves a lot—a giant march. <laughs> like that shit was like music videos. To people back then, they loved that stuff. So march. I don't know why. I did my research. It was a thing. Interesting. Um, yeah, like yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, that's what he he got to start doing that. But I thought, it, I mean, <sighs> yes, yes, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time it is good and it's funny because like these are all supposed to be on stage but they're clearly oh,
0: done with God. shots
2: like like you're right there like you're right there watching it it's clearly like a movie or like a music video you know it's yeah. in that sense of like the the way that every, the camera shots but it was great i mean I wa- yeah i loved it and even though it's in black and white like at least the version i have on dvd it's crystal clear like, That's great. I love that I can see like all the ladies' makeup and the sequins on their dresses yeah. and like I I love that it it almost feels like I'm watching a movie that was made today but in black and white. Like even though I know these people are from another time, there's there's a, there's a there's a there definitely is a realness to movies that are made in this time period that just I, you just don't really see again until like maybe now. Or even even yeah. now it's, it still feels a little It's just, I don't know. And it's like, I know they're doing a movie and I know they're acting. I know they're saying lines and there's definitely moments where it's like, okay, I know that person's acting, but they just feel so, even though it's like, I guess because it is such a long time ago, but you watch it, it just feels like they're right there with you. It's very, you know, because there wasn't like plastic surgery or hairspray or things like that (laughs) back then. So there's just a lot of like makeup was in its infancy. So you just yeah. do a lot of like warts and all kind of things. Like if you were good, you had to be real good and you couldn't just be pretty. You if you, couldn't, if you were an actor, you couldn't just act. You had to sing. You had to dance. You had to do this. You maybe had to write a little, you know, maybe wrote some <laughs> songs. Like you, you had to do all these things. And it was um, you really saw that in the people who were in this movie. Yeah, like this they one, were experienced. This- <laughs> yeah, this
1: one was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. Had, it was a f- it's fun to watch. Um
2: super fun f- to watch. Yeah.
1: So I definitely recommend it to everybody. I g- actually re- got it on um the Warner Archive, which is a streaming service that we found that I found. And um it's Yay. like got the first month for free, which is exciting. So I'll be watching Woohoo. a lot more movies. So <laughs> a lot of Puzzy Berkeleys are on that one. So if you want to check it out, it's really cool. And I think it's like four dollars a month or something after that. So oh my I'd, gosh, that's it's awesome. Not it's not very expensive and it's, it's kind like of Netflix it's really cool for like
2: quality old films. That's yeah, and the quality great. of
1: it was really great too. So like, man, it was it was great to see it streamed to the TV. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful.
2: Wow, well thank you Warner Archives. You yeah. are the these knees. <laughs> and I mean that. Yeah. We'll send you much love. Thank you for keeping these around for all of us to enjoy and totally. for many people hopefully to discover because yeah. they are just they are a treat. I highly recommend. Like you know, if you're out there and you've never seen a movie that made like a quote-unquote old movie, uh, you know, if maybe you think a movie from the '50s is old, I know it's this nothing. is even old. Like this is like this is maybe what two years out from like um silent films. In fact, they even say that in the beginning. They're like, yeah. "Silent films are out. Talking films are in. Silent yep. films are over." You know, and yeah. it, in in that you know 30s speak like, you know, it, it's definitely like that. And um, it, it's, it's great. It's just really, really great. And uh, highly recommend. And I, I yeah. <laughs> Yes. John Boyd, Delphi, Spirit Animal. That is all. <laughs>
1: that is all. Okay. So, as always, we want to encourage you guys to connect with us on social media. Old Hollywood yes. Realness on Facebook. At Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram. At OHR Podcast on Twitter. And uh, we always want to give a huge thanks to our buddy, Hal Loveland, for generously giving us his vocal talents for the opening of the podcast. Um, Anything else you want to add to that, Kathleen, before we sign off?
2: No, I think that's it. I can't wait to watch another one of these gorgeous Busby Berkeley movies with you.
1: Me too. Um, oh, yeah. We should tell everybody that you guys, uh, please email us if you want to add anything. We want to hear your stories about your experience with these movies. We want anything that yes. we might have missed. Please um, give us the email, oldhollywoodrealness at gmail.com, or you can also find us on our website at um, oldhollywoodrealness.com. Yep. So any, just Google oldhollywoodrealness. It's all there. We're right? all there. <laughs> I, I secured all the parking spots. Same.
2: <laughs> plug la 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 the shameless plug yep
1: <laughs> okay good. I think this was a wonderful entree into Busby Berkeley now we can really get into the big ones you know now now that we now that we got our foot, feet wet with our buddy Busby I now we can super go move, move into the big ones.
2: Yep yep <laughs> this let's one do was this a
1: lot to take <laughs> in to begin with so. I know oh we'll so great
2: worth every moment
1: <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> okay well it's been fun guys
2: yes
1: (laughs) until next time
2: thanks so much for listening bye bye